0: So as i mentioned before in the last chapter it ends with jesus healing a blind man but it's actually not one of the first times and this story in particular coming from john chapter 9 john chapter 9 actually fits in well when jesus is talking about the cost of discipleship you don't want to be like the pharisees in this story so let me proceed walking down the street jesus saw a man blind from birth His disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, causing him to be born blind? Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. There is no such cause and effect here. Look instead for what God can do. We need to be energetically at work for the one who sent me here, working while the sun shines. When night falls, the workday is over. For as long as I am in the world, there is plenty of light. I am the world's light. He said this and then spit in the dust, made a clay paste with the saliva, rubbed the paste on the blind man's head and said, go wash at the pool of Siloam. Salom means sent. The man went and washed and saw. Soon the town was buzzing. His relatives and those who year after year had seen him as a blind man begging were saying, why? Why isn't this the man we knew who sat here and begged? Others said, it's him all right. But others objected. It's not the same man at all. It just looks like him. He said, it's me, the very one. They said, how did your eyes get open? A man named Jesus made a paste and rubbed it on my eyes and told me, go to Salome and wash. I did what he said. When I washed, I saw. So where is he? I don't know. They marched the man to the Pharisees. This day when Jesus made the paste and healed his blindness was the Sabbath. The Pharisees grilled him again on how he'd come to see. He said, he put a clay paste on my eyes and I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, obviously this man can't be from God. He doesn't keep the Sabbath. Others countered, how can a bad man do miraculous God revealing things like this? There was a split in their ranks. They came back at the blind man. You're the expert. He opened your eyes. What do you say about him? The blind man said, he is a prophet. The Jews didn't believe it, didn't believe the man was blind to begin with. So they called the parents of the man, now bright eyed with sight. They asked them, is this your son, the one you say was born blind? So how is it that he now sees? His parents said, we know he is our son and we know he was born blind, but we don't know how he came to see. Having a clue about how he opened his eyes, we don't, why don't you ask him? He's a grown man and can speak for himself. His parents were talking like this because they were intimidated by the Jewish leaders who had already decided that anyone who took a stand that this was, was the Messiah would be kicked out of the meeting place. That's why his parents said, ask him. He's a grown man. They called the man back a second time, the man who had been blind and told him, give credit to God. We know this man is an imposter. He replied, I know nothing about that. I don't know nothing about that. This <laughs> is what the blind man says, but I do know one thing. I was blind before and now I see. They said, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He said, I told you over and over and over and you haven't listened. Why don't you want to hear it? Are you so eager to become his disciples? What that, they beat him up. You might be a disciple of that man, but we're disciples of Moses. We know for sure that God spoke to Moses, but we have no idea where this man even come from. The man replied, this is amazing. You claim to know nothing about him, but the fact is he opened my eyes. It's well known that God isn't at the beck and call of sinners, but listens carefully to anyone who lives in reverence and does his will. That someone opened the eyes of a man born blind has never been heard of, ever. If this didn't come from God, he wouldn't be able to do anything. They said, you're nothing but dirt. How dare you take that tongue with us? Then they threw him out to the street. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out and went and found him. He asked him, do you believe in the son of man? The man said, point him out to me, sir, so that I can believe in him. Whew. Jesus said, you're looking right at him. Don't you recognize my voice? Master, I believe, the man said and worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into the world to bring everything into the clear light of day, making all the distinctions clear so that those who have never seen will see, and those who have made a great great pretense of seeing will be exposed as blind. Some Pharisees overheard him and said, does that mean you're calling us blind? Jesus said, if you were really blind, you would be blameless, but since you claim to see everything so well, you're accountable for every fault and every failure. It's a powerful story because uh, it goes back to that, that from Luke, that phrase, hey, if you're this way in small things, you'll be this way in large things. If you're honest in small things, you'll be honest in large things. My grandfather told me this story once about how this woman at his church studied, became uh, admitted to the bar, and she was put on the board of the church, to, to handle the booking and she got to the she got to see like all the finances of the church and saw all the corruption and she cleaned house that's exciting that's what jesus type of work jesus is doing right here all these people in the ministry and the uh f- the pharisees and all these people claiming to know the gurus and all that jesus is exposing them as frauds He's exposing them. They've been using their power. They've been wearing those gowns to like bully people and bully people into silence and to tax them through ties and offering and this and that and the other without actually actually giving them the word and the message in a way that will let them grow. Instead, they would use it to keep their power and privilege over these lesser people. To maintain their own position so that no one might come and replace them. But there's another story about that that we'll get and coming up. But actually as I keep going, I'm actually going to continue on this entry. Because there's one more story that's good. Let me set this before you as plainly as I can. If a person climbs over or through the fence of a sheep pen instead of going through the gate. You know he's up to no good, a sheep rustler. The shepherd walks right up to the gate. The gatekeeper opens the gate to him and the sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he gets them all out, he leads them and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. They won't follow a stranger's voice but will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. Jesus told this simple story, but they had no idea what he was talking about, so he tried again. I'll be explicit then, I'm the gate for the sheep. All those others are up to no good, sheep rustlers, every one of them, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for, will freely go in and out and find pasture. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of I am the good shepherd The good shepherd puts the sheep before himself Sacrifices himself if necessary A hired man is not a real shepherd The sheep mean nothing to him He sees a wolf come and runs for it Leaving the sheep to be ravaged and scattered By the wolf, he's only in it for the money The sheep don't matter to him I am the good shepherd I know my own sheep and my own sheep know me In the same way the Father knows me and I know the Father. I put the sheep before myself, sacrificing myself if necessary. You need to know that I have other sheep in addition to those in this pen. I need to gather and bring them too. They'll also recognize my voice, then there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I freely laid down my life and so I'm free to take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own free will. I have the right to lay it down. I also have the right to take it up again. I received this authority personally from my father. This kind of talk got the Jewish ranks mad as hell. A lot of them were saying he's crazy, a maniac out of his mind completely. Why bother listening to him? But others weren't so sure. These aren't the words of a crazy man. Can a maniac open the blinds, blind eyes? (sighs) Can a maniac open blind eyes? That passage is called The Good Shepherd, and it kind of jibes with everything. We've been reading in Luke about the importance of you know the lost, and the good shepherd goes out to find the lost. He's there to be a, a doctor to those who need him, and those who know that they need him, the doctor is waiting. To those that really don't know that they need a doctor, then, you know, good luck to them, but they still need it. The doctor is always there for big injuries. He might have cuts on your finger all the way to triple bypass surgery. But you have to avail yourself of them.